0: All right, and we're live with a blast from the past cast. This is Randall.
1: This is Rob.
0: We got a special episode for you today where we, we're be, we're gonna be covering uh uh, I'd say, a, a relevant iconic topic. Iconic game. Dude, they, well, iconic game, but there's been some big news as of recent. So we thought it'd be a good time to, to prop up prop It's up topical an right
1: now. Yeah, yeah. it's a hot.
0: Hot topic. A lot's go- been going on.
1: <laughs> so. Some big news. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So without further ado, our t- today's Top- topic, topic will be...
0: The Tetris Tetris Show. Show!
1: Okay, so we got eight topics for our listeners tonight, Randall. And, um... Before I get into that here, do you have any um, anything?
0: Yeah, absolutely. On so this, on
1: this game, I
0: wanted to ask you: When was did you what, did you actually first have this for NES? Like, did you actually own this this the Tetris game?
1: I'm going to get into this a little more because this is actually one of our topics. Oh, but it yeah. is? Oh, oh shit. Okay. But uh, it, it was actually on the Nintendo Game Boy was when I first was... Did that one come out first or did it come out on NES? Given this game. It actually first came out on the Nintendo, but I think it was shortly after the handheld rights were acquired. And they were able to release it as a pack-in game for the new Game Boy system in 1989, Randall.
0: Oh my gosh! I'm just looking here on the wikis. Here it looks like there was a legal ba- battle following after the the release of it.
1: Oh yeah, oh, and a, uh, almost a
0: dozen companies believe they held the Tetris rights. Wow.
1: Well, let's get into that right here. Topic number one I had was the history of the game.
0: Well, we're already there, man. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're
1: gonna dive in here though, just to kind of give it a okay. a starting point, anyway. <laughs> Okay. So, it was created in 1984 by Alexei Pagitov, a Russian programmer, and he worked for the Academy of uh, Soviet Sciences, I believe, Randall, as a programmer. Very cool. And... You mentioned it earlier. He came up with the title. How was that again, Randall? He like well, basically yeah. combined
0: two words. So he combined the word "tetra," which means four, with his favorite game, tennis. That's how he got to um, Tetris.
1: Okay. And I'm gonna get into a little bit of how he came to develop the game itself, because I want to give a quick shout out to the gaming historian, which kind of covers all of this in greater detail. That's the long form version. Of all of then, you mentioned the scandals and all the bidding wars over the game and whatnot. But uh, in a nutshell, here he really enjoyed the game Pentaminos as a child, which mm-hmm. was basically a modified, kind of similar game to Tetris. You had five sided, uh, five sided, not five sided, sorry, five piece blocks as opposed to the four piece in the Tetris, and your goal was to put together a square with them. So he adapted this to the, what was that earlier, early computer? Because they had, like, at first these outdated machines they were working off of. You I mean, let me to just look here. Cause check he, it out. he had
0: it, let's see here, what did he do? It was actually, um, he developed several puzzle games on the Institute's computer, which was an Electronica 60.
1: Electronica 60, thank you, Randall. So he put together a Pentomino's you know, computer game, basically. It didn't really strike a chord, though, because once you solved it, there really wasn't anywhere to go. So, you know, kind of boring after a while. So he comes to the idea of actually reducing the pieces and making them four-sided, which uh, it it made it a little bit easier with the space they had, the, the limitations on the technology at the time, Randall. So he had the idea to to still keep with the pentomino style, kind of, but four-sided, and the blocks would slowly fall, but after a while, you would run into the problem where there'd be gaps, and um, yeah, it wasn't very fun still. Now, where the magic really happened, Randall, was when he had the lines disappear, which was... Yeah, and then it became kind of a sensation from there. So basically what it
0: says here is that, let me look. So the Electronica 60 had no graphical interface, so Pagintov modeled, is that right, Mm Pagintov? Yeah, that's right. Modeled the field and pieces using spaces and brackets. So 45 lines of 80 um, ASCII characters. And realizing that the completed lines filled the screen quickly, he decided to delete them, creating the key part of the Tetris gameplay. It looks like he wrote the game using Pascal for the RT-11 operating system on the Electronica 60. Okay. And the first version, uh, first playable version, came out and he completed in 1985 and presented it to his colleagues who quickly became addicted and then soon it started spreading across all the different institutes um, across Russia.
1: Yeah, it spread pretty fast, like wildfire. He people quickly grew to love the game. Once he added like the speed raising, too, and started to kind of make the game as we know it back then that we know and love.
0: Wow, this is crazy. So um, he, he sought to adapt Tetris to the IBM personal computer. And he recruited the help of, I think, Vadim Garasimov, a 16-year-old high school student who is also known for his computer skills. Hmm. And he helped him convert it over over a f- course of a few weeks, incorporate, incorporating color and, and a scoreboard. And then the piece PC port was written to Turbo Pascal. was written with Turbo
1: Pascal. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, yeah, just the satisfaction of clearing lines, I think, um, really was what the average person grew to, really, you know, it's just like a satisfaction to it, you know? Right. And Just r- r- racking up the score, the line count. Yeah, it's really cool. Very accessible game, really, to, like, anyone
0: that's crazy yeah i'm not gonna get into it all but there's a long history of like the legal yes
1: as i said i uh i would highly recommend it's about an hour there's like a really good gaming historian video that covers from pagetov's early years as a programmer and kind of how the game grew to grew to develop a following and eventually broke the Iron Curtain, as they say, and moved out west, and I think that was actually because Hungary at the time was kind of a gateway between Russia and the west, and once it got to Hungary, it quickly spread further west, and then eventually the United States uh, hit, hit, uh, obviously copies got traded pretty pretty quickly, so...
0: Well, it looks like Microsoft and Nintendo gone to a pretty heated battle, but it looks like yeah, Nintendo t- ultimately won
1: out. They did.
0: So it looks like Microsoft sold the rights to Atari,
1: and then um,
0: there's a lot of back and forth there. But yeah, There cool is a thing. lot
1: of history and, and back and forth and deal dealings with Elorg at the time. Mm-hmm. And it actually kind of ends well because Pagetov he has kind of a a buddy that helps him out and I think Elorg took because the rights ended in 95 they said and Pajetov and his partner got 50% of the game and Elorg the other 50 that's like kind of think the Russian programming federation or whatever for the future right so he finally is getting royalties on the game after all those years and you know rightfully so having invented it <laughs> you know
0: I'm just looking at the other other games that he did. So he actually did Yoshi's Cookie for the NES. I didn't know
1: that. Pagetov? Yeah. I had no idea. I like crazy? I like that game though. Really? Did you ever play that one?
0: No, I I played the Yoshi one, which I don't think very good. I never played just that Yoshi. actually. Yoshi's
1: Cookie is is good, right? Cookie's pretty good, yeah. That uh, was fun. Wow, he did Hexic and
0: Hexic HD the 360 hexic two which is just mm. like kind of a hex game but looks it looks like, like a, a bejeweled
1: type deal or whatever yeah, yeah i don't know
0: let's see what else tetrasphere on the n64 ice and fire that's that's weird because it's like i don't know what that is it's like f- a different puzzle game other than fire
1: and ice Uh I have never heard of that, but Fire and Ice, I have to say, is one of my all-time favorite puzzlers. Maybe second only to Tetris. It's a really good game if you ever have the chance. Fire and Ice for regular Nintendo, Randall.
0: With the warning label that it is addictive.
1: Rightfully so. Me and my friends, after all, this is the Blast from the Past cast, so I have to remark. We played this on an emulator back in the day Mm -hmm. over at my buddy's. And it was me, Mike, and I think Garrett at the time. We stayed up till like nine in the morning playing it, and we didn't even realize nine <laughs> in the morning, yeah, like all night long, because <laughs> we were so addicted to it, like just getting to the next level. Oh man, yeah, it and is you, fun, man. You just lose track of time playing it. It's it's really fun. Yeah, that's an
0: NES game. I gotta pick up classic.
1: Man. You gotta get it just for the original. What's you-
0: the loose price right now? Do you know? I think like
1: a hundy, just a hundy. It's not, not too, too bad, bad for a cart.
0: That's yeah, not bad at all. You, you you
1: wanna you need to get that one sib though for the artwork almost. What's yeah. Bubble
0: Bobble 2 sib going for, you think, these days?
1: Uh I would I would venture like a grand. A grand yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a G. I'd say probably a G spot. Okay. Just estimating it might even be more though, given today's climate. Sure, sure. But uh I wouldn't recommend buying that one really because it's not as fun as the first game to me. It's yeah. not even two player. I have I have Bubble Bobble One. <laughs> Bubble it's, Bobble it's, it's One's the fun. way to go. Yeah. yeah, that game's fun. Yeah. But I wanted to move on here from history. We're gonna move on here. I mean, go ahead and go nuts if you wanna know a little bit more about that. But uh first memories of the game was my second topic here, Randall, for us. So I'll just go into that. As as I mentioned earlier. Got this game on the Nintendo Game Boy. I think it might have been the year after it came out, like Christmas of 1990, maybe. hmm Actually spotted it where my mom kept the gifts, too, in the closet, so I knew I was getting it. Oh, you knew you were <laughs> yeah, getting I it? Yeah, kind of peaked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my sisters were actually the ones that were obsessed with this game. And I'll be honest, they, they, they could have whipped me back then. I mean, times have changed now. But <laughs> but uh I didn't even know what to do the first three, four game times I played it. I just was like building the blocks and they would eventually stack up and I would die. I was like, This is this game sucks. Like what's the draw? Right <laughs> and right. then I finally figured out, Oh, I'm supposed to clear lines. Oh oh okay. Okay. And then yeah, it kinda hit me the magic, yeah. And I was hooked, yeah. I mean, I thought I was actually pretty hot shit at this for a while honestly <laughs> Randall but I'm uh, we'll get into this more but I'm very humbled by what the community has done these days it's I kind of went down the rabbit hole this week researching a little bit the modern scene it's it's very interesting right right yeah absolutely first memories of the game though um that was Way back when, and I have to say, I always took this game with on trips. It was a great airplane game, just like when you're killing time. Uh, Satisfying, of course, vacations, you know, whatnot. And my uh, career record was actually set on the Super version when I was, I think, in my prime. It must have been 10, 10, 12 years ago-ish. I got 292 lines once on the Dr. Mario Tetris version for Super Randall. Yeah, that's insane. And, and I was I was I was in the zone at the time. Um, I mean, it wouldn't have counted anyways. My, my friend Mike was recording it out as I got to like 260 and on or so the rest of the run. But I looked at the World Record Board leaderboard for that game. And it was actually 296. So I was like knocking on the door of wow. the record really at, at the time. So. Uh, there was that, and I also wanted to talk about, too, the calculator game version. Did you ever play Oh, the, you're talking the... about for, like, the TI-83? Yes, Texas man. Texas Instruments? I can't tell you how much time I killed playing that game in high school. Oh, but... dude. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Yeah.
0: Seriously, there were some other good ones. I remember there was kind of this other... Penguins was good. Did you ever
1: get that one? It was like a platformer.
0: I had had one that was like, you had like a little dot, and you had to move it through the tunnel. Oh, oh, that was like skiing. And the tunnel got like smaller and smaller as you're going in. Mm -hmm, I
1: kind of know what that, yeah, that style... Yeah, that was kind of cool. I used to
0: do that all the time on the calculator, man. And
1: bowling was pretty good, too. I never got a perfect game. I think I was stuck on, like, 270 in that. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Surprisingly, quality games for just a TI-83, though, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I think people put a lot of heart into those.
1: I actually... God, God bless him. Mr. Kretzos caught me in chemistry class playing Tetris one time, and I felt so bad because <laughs> he was such a good teacher too. He actually had We've these. Been he, there. <laughs> I mean, I was actually a pretty good student, but he had these like, like, kind of like jock types that like would always like talk. And I think it eventually humbled them. He's like, "Look, you guys, I'll just give you a D minus. You can sit and back. You can talk all you want." <laughs> <laughs> I got to teach here, like, yeah, and then they stopped. Yeah, I'll give you a D minus. Yeah. yeah, I'll give you a D minus for the class. He should have just gave...
0: dropped. I'll fail you. No problem. He'll stay back next year.
1: <laughs> well, they they uh, they woke up when he said that. I mean, they didn't want to get a D minus. So <laughs> I don't know why I remember this stuff, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all for now. I mean. Those were kind of just some notable moments. Did you have any good first? Mem- I mean, when did you first play this? Because you're a little younger, Randall. I mean, when I were never you first actually exposed? had it
0: until till I was older. Okay, but like I obviously knew about it through just you know just people um, talking about well, it, just people see- talking yeah. and just you know culture back in the time. Everybody knew what Tetris is. Like it was on TV. You know, you could just see it. Um, but yeah, I honestly don't have any recollection of
1: like the first time I actually saw it. Unfortunately. Okay, unfortunately. Just in pop culture in general, mm-hmm. too, you see it. I mean, there's, like, Simpsons references even. Oh, yeah. So you know you've made it if they're talking about you in The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, okay, so that's a pretty good for topic two. We might dabble in a little more as we go through some of this stuff. But let's go to topic three. Oh, I actually kind of covered this. <laughs> Notable games you've had. I actually kind of told you already. Uh, So I guess this is going to be a shorter one. 292. 292. Yeah.
0: I mean, I barely even, I haven't (laughs) played it very much, but like, I mean, I've just like kind of popped it in. I I have it. I mean, I bought it like, I, I don't know when I bought it, but have it in my collection. Um... But I've been playing it on the AVS system on the HD screen. Yeah, man. I
1: started playing that again with you earlier. I mean, I'm it's so addicting. I'm so rusty, but it is just as, as addicting. And ever. Yeah, compared and it, to the pros, it hold, holds it's up insane. so well still, like as a cl- uh, timeless classic, you know? Oh, yeah. I will say one more thing, though, because uh, we want to say a little bit more about this topic. Uh, the B mode, let's bring that up here. The uh, non traditional, like where they kind of give you a stack of garbage to start mm-hmm. with. Between. Uh, zero to I think 15 might have that wrong maybe 15 or 18 lines of garbage in front of you uh, right off the bat that you got to work through so we were trying this I know I've done this in the past but I couldn't pull it off a 9-5 run
0: yeah I, yeah. I, I could not get past it it is demoralizing man I think I got to work my <laughs> way up to it honestly
1: that's understandable. I gotta,
0: I, I got to go through the trials and the tribulations.
1: You got to so. put <laughs> in. You have to put in the time, really. Yeah, I mean, I used to be able to do it, and you get a really dope cutscene if you pull it off. With depending on how many levels, you, if you're up to nine five, you get several different Nintendo characters that show up in a cutscene where the rocket takes off, like the oh, Russian yeah. castle, and each of the like little. Uh, pillars pops one at a time. It's pretty cool. Like, even Mario and Luigi make a cameo in this game. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, along with... I didn't even know that. Donkey Kong, Kid Icarus, Samus, and Link, I believe. Is in this game? Only in that cut scene. That's the only time you see him, if you beat 9-5. Really? Yeah.
0: You can see Samus?
1: Samus shows up. He's playing the... Uh... She. She. Sorry. <laughs> You're right <laughs> She, I'm sorry, you're right, Samus, is playing the what is it? I think the bass, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, dude, yeah, they're all that's playing insane, a different man. They're also they're all playing a different instrument. I think Kid Icarus is playing the harp pit, rather. Um I think Link's playing like a flute or ocarina maybe. Um Mario and Luigi are just jumping up and down. donkey kong's playing like the drums of course yeah so moving on here to our next topic wanted to talk about for topic four here randall the different versions of the original game let's first talk about the most popular one especially nowadays the regular nintendo nintendo produced version that we were playing earlier. Oh yeah, that's
0: definitely the biggest one for sure.
1: That's man. the de- definitely the biggest one in the competitive scene. I think the reason I like it, and maybe this is kind of universal, is just the different colors of the blocks. Because the 10-gen version, I think, is just mono-colored for the blocks. And I think it's a little like less appealing to look at than the regular Nintendo one, Randall. Have you ever played the it's the unlicensed black card And that one? comes in like the black card? Yeah. I might
0: even have it. I might actually have that.
1: It sells for more money because it's, a, I mean, I wouldn't say it's rare by any means, but harder to find by far than the massively produced Nintendo version. Uh, I tried it a little bit on an emulator, but I quickly went back to the regular version just because I think it's just more appealing on the eyes. I mean, they nailed
0: it on the Nintendo one. It's perfect, really. Without a doubt. Yeah,
1: we'll get into that a little more, too, with some of the uh, bells and whistles, if you will. Next version I wanted to talk about was the Super Nintendo version that was packaged with Dr. Mario. I first got this game... Well, I didn't own it for a while... But I first saw this game at Four Star Video, and I'm just going to really quick wax poetic about the uh, Linden Plaza, man. Yeah, Linden Plaza, dude. dude. I used to get shit there all the time. I loved it as a kid, and the people, like, I, I knew a couple of the guys. They were so friendly. The staff were just, like, cool to talk to. You could talk about what games They liked and they would give you suggestions all the time and get movies. Looking at the boxes and the box art of all the different VHS tapes Mm -hmm. and the Nintendo and later Super Nintendo and Genesis titles, and then they did have uh, PS1 and N64 later than that. But they closed, I think, like 2000, Randall, because obviously that was kind of a dying market even then. (laughs) And uh, I mean, there's only the one last blockbuster. More as a novelty now, so wow. Yeah. But I liked that one. It was packaged with Dr. Mario, pretty similar to the regular version. Uh this was the one that I set my PB on, so kind of have a personal connection with it still. I don't really see myself hitting that again unless I really grind like I was for a while playing this. Cause you kind of have to, or you lose it. I mean, I was rusty today, even Randall playing it with you. Like, oh yeah, the game will get you. It's like, it's it's not. It doesn't want you to win. <laughs> um. And then, also, we'll give a slight shout uh, shout out here to Doctor Mario, also a classic puzzler. Nice to have both of them on the same cart. So I rented that a few times at Four Star and later got it at Funko Land for like 14 Where was
0: Funko Land? I can't remember.
1: Like where where actually was that? Well, I got the game for 14.99, just wanted to finish the thought, but it was in the Gurney Plaza kind of over by the Office Max Oh over there. yeah, yeah, Does yeah. That ring a bell? Oh, dude, I remember by that. Target that almost. was no, that yeah, was, was before like in that little...
0: GameStop took over that location. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Do you remember you used to be able to go in there and they had that like big book where you can like look up the games? It was oh, almost like dude, a... that th- was it like was a like... paradise
1: back then. I loved going there.
0: They used to have this like big thing that looked like a phone book, and you can just like plop it open and look at all these games that they had. And you can they, just order, like, whatever.
1: Well, they had, like, the pricing sheets, which actually go for a lot of money now, believe really? it or not. Yeah, because it listed all the titles. Obviously, they didn't always have every game in stock, because but it was just kind of what the, they'd be priced at. Do you remember the first yeah. game you ever got there? I do. Mm, from Funco Land, I think... I think it might have been NBA Jam TE for 32X, actually. Wow. I think I do remember. So
0: I remember going going with my dad. I think my mom was there, too. And like we were just looking for a fun game to pick up. And they mm-hmm. recommended um, Crash Bandicoot 2. Okay. So that's what we got, man. And that game was freaking amazing, dude, for PS1. I, I love that game. <laughs> so. well, well, they
1: had the deal, too, where you, you can get, like, the, the Game Informer subscription and, like, 10% off of used games for a while there. Mm-hmm. They might even still do that, I don't know, at GameStop or something similar. I think they still make Game Informer anyway, but... uh it was great. I would just pick up Nintendo games on a whim back then for like a $1.99 just to try them out because why not? Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Cuz they were so cheap. Actually, it's 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 almost laughable if you look back at how they're priced now. Little Samson was 7.99 back then. Oh my god. <laughs> 8 <Yeah>. bucks.
0: <laughs> Did you say yeah. you got Metal Storm for 99 cents or or something like that or you saw it for 99 cents?
1: It might have been I didn't personally get it back oh, okay. then. I didn't even know about that game. That's a game, game
0: I I want to I want to beat.
1: It's actually pretty hard, man. Yeah.
0: I tried it a little bit. It's it's almost like a puzzle. You can puzzle easily platformer. just platformer.
1: Yeah, you can easily kill yourself in that if you flip the screen wrong, but it yeah. is it's a cool concept. I'll give it that. Right. I was never that good at it. I think I got to like maybe stage 5 or 6, but I never beat it. Oh, and, and we, we got to finish too. There's there's one more uh, genre for the original game we we touched on earlier. The Game Boy version. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. that's a huge one, man. Huge one, probably the biggest selling. I'm, I mean, I'm just estimating, but one of if not the biggest Game Boy selling titles ever. I mean, I would have to think it was packed in. They had like the million seller variation. I remember even you remember those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they they looked like. Uglier though I feel in the uh, first prints, though. I got I got a little yeah.
0: a little quick one for you here. Sure, I'm, I'm just reading through the wiki here, and this this popped out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> in 2007, the video game website GameFacts hosted its sixth annual character battle, in which the users nominate their favorite video game characters for a oh, popularity contest. I know where you're going with. In this. which characters participate? The L-shaped Tetris piece or L-block, as it was called, enter the contest as a joke character, but on
1: November 4th it won the
0: contest. (laughs) I mean... The (laughs) L-block.
1: I wouldn't even have picked L. I like the straight line myself. Mm -hmm. The i Yeah, the I-block, I guess. But, I mean, I'm not really surprised because Tetris is beloved by, I mean, pretty much the world over, really, you know, I think has probably tried this at some point. I mean, wow, man. I mean, if you're any kind of gamer or even non-gamer, you might have tried this, you know?
0: I mean, it looks like it's universally considered as, you know, one of the best games ever. You know, it's it's frequently in the top five in a lot of lists, man.
1: And I think, like, cognitively, it's probably kind of good for your brain in a way. Like, your mind, you know? Like, perception and, like, you know... Those creative thinking skills. Right. Yeah. It can't hurt. And that actually takes me to topic five. All right. What do you got? Non-gamers like this game even, Randall. I touched (laughs) on this earlier. I mean, I have a quote here. I'm going to read you, Randall, real quick. When the president of Nintendo at the time, I I think the president of Nintendo Japan... Got a hold of this game. He gave it to, um, you know, the granddaddy, Shigeru Miyamoto. And he asked him, Shigeru, is this a good game? And he said, yes, it is a good game. Your secretaries and accountants are playing it. (laughs) (laughs) So it is a good game. It was, like I said, my sisters who played maybe this and Mario 1 and that's it they love this game they played it all the time well, look, even at back this, then, look at this look so. at the
0: stat parallel to that is spectrum hollow light hollowbytes PC version of Tetris sold more than a million copies as of 95 with women accounting for nearly half of the Tetris players that's absurd for for any video game I would say man like that's that's a pretty big accomplishment
1: I would agree for mm-hmm. sure yeah. But I had to mention that because, I mean, even a podcaster I like, J- Jim Cornette even mentions he has this game on it, I believe, uh, on his phone. He likes to play it. So, And I think that's the only game he plays. So people that don't normally even play video games or like video games play this game or have played this game, you know? Right. right. So that just shows just the universal appeal and... How quickly a game like this was going to spread. I I, I think Pagetov might have had a an inkling to this because even he would play this during work, <laughs> <laughs> and he would like get away with it too. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm just doing research." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like the voice over there, man. It's fucking good. Thank <laughs> you. That was just on the fly. <laughs>
1: But yeah, uh, even at the Russian Academy back then, I think he he saw, and later all the businessmen got a hold, and I'm sure that quote from Miyamoto made a big, uh, <laughs> um, big impression on the president. Like yeah, yeah, this is gonna be big. <laughs> So
0: print money, basically,
1: pretty much at, at the time. And I don't know when the Gaming Historian video even came out, but I think it was well before, like, you know, the modern scene because the records and whatnot. But
0: was there an arcade cabinet with it? There almost had to have been right.
1: There was an arcade for it, I believe. I if I'm not mistaken, I think Sega might have landed the rights to that for a while. Um, we, I touched on it earlier the rights expired in ninety five. And I I don't know, like I was saying, I don't know when the gaming historian video came out, but they mentioned at the time there were a hundred and seventy million uh, sales of Tetris, in some form or another. So I got I got to believe by now it's probably pushing like half a billion, wouldn't you think? Oh yeah, yeah. Especially with mean how popular it is nowadays okay so let's move on here um I have a topic six for us here Randall I wanted to do a little bit of a sampling of some of the music uh clips from this game so we're gonna play four clips right now we're gonna meet you on the other side and talk about each clip how's that sound Randall
0: it sounds great
1: okay So, without further ado here, we're going to start out with the regular Nintendo version, Song 1.
0: Back after song.
1: That was actually a take on Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy by Tchaikovsky.
0: Alright. Yeah, no, I, I really like playing to that version actually kinda of classic
1: nice. theme. That's probably the one you're most familiar with, I'd say, with this game.
0: You know what's Catchy. cool cool in the game is that how on the fly the music can change like into a faster pace. Oh like, yeah, if that it.
1: stack gets high, I
0: mean but like on a on a on a dime, it just switches, you know. What it I just mean? knows, it almost, yeah. It's almost flawless too.
1: It recognizes it, and then you can get it back to the regular speed if you can cut down your. I mean, stack. most
0: people are gonna know that song just instantly. I mean, a very very well known one, you know. It's oh, from the yeah. nut, Nutcracker. From the Nutcracker, so you, cracker,
1: so. yeah. I was trying to pin on because I know I've heard it before too, but yeah, and uh, classic theme. Let's go on to number two, Randall. Here, let's listen to that one.
0: Looking up here on the B theme from the NES, it looks like this is rumored to be a song and arrangement of Cisco's Post, but it appears to be its own original composition.
1: Yeah, that's according um, to the wiki here we're reading. So I don't
0: know, man.
1: It's very upbeat, uh, faster paced, kind of has a, a get up and go to it. Right. And the bass line, I have to say, really slaps Randall. What do you think?
0: It basically says that if you want the original title, you have to you have to ask the NES arranger who is uh Hiro Kazu Tanaka.
1: Okay, Tanaka. Maybe I'll wrote just it. reach out reach out Yeah, me, send uh... him a tweet or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, what's the next song we got? C theme. Number three, yeah. Sea C theme, yeah. All right, here we go. Music 3 from the original Nintendo game of Tetris.
0: And this was an original composition by HiroKazu. Ka- Another
1: one by our boy Tanaka here right yeah. Well. yeah. An interesting solid.
0: tidbit here is that this is a song that Nintendo played when they put people on hold when they dialed into the the customer service line, it looks like. Huh. <laughs> interesting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i see that too played on hold that it sounds like good hold music for for when you're on the phone with somebody from nintendo
0: it's sure a hell of a lot better than fucking cvs man. oh
1: god yeah Dude. I, I i have to i have to say though sorry to interrupt you but this is my personal favorite tetris too, music man. it's very relaxing and mm-hmm. like almost spiritual in a way really good i have a little bit of a side story here too this was like we we rented this. I think actually it wasn't even four star. It was like a dollar video or something near me. We rented one time I was playing with my sister Jill and I put on this music. She's like, "Oh, that sounds Catholic." <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know what to make of it at the time, funny, and dude, frankly, I that. frankly I still don't know That's what she <laughs> meant. <really. laughs> sounds Catholic. Just sounds Catholic. Yeah, like I didn't know.
0: But she I li- some random banter. She dropped yeah. that. That's funny. I
1: I think I think she liked the ver- uh, version A the best, the first one. So I could see that. Yeah, just the classic one. Uh, but we got one more. Oh wait, wait. What did you think of this one? By the way, is this your favorite? No, too? it's definitely my favorite. You like too. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's I solid. Think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, very good. Here, let's go on to our last one. We're gonna play for you the original Game Boy version. You probably heard this a million times, but let's play it for the audience here. All right. All right, and that was our fourth song we played for you guys. I believe this was Kobaniki, or like a version of it, like a classic Russian song from the nineteenth century Randall, mm-hmm. so yeah, you might have heard this before you played tetris, uh but likely, and you, I think you think of Tetris when you've heard this <laughs> and i think I think this
0: is probably the most well known song
1: I would say for when someone
0: thinks of Tetris. I think a lot of people think of this song as the Tetris theme.
1: I'm gonna go with this or the version A from version regular a, Nintendo. Yeah. It's probably a close race, but right. you might have a case for it. I'll give you that. It is very popular, and right. it's cool. It has a really cool, like you know, like catchy theme, mm-hmm. and like it it breaks down and, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and then builds back up. It's 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 it's, it's brilliantly composed. I mean. Just got to gush about that a little bit. But definitely put on your headphones if you're putting playing on an airplane. <laughs> Just sit on the yeah. plane. Annoying it. the hell out of, like, everybody else. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. All right. Let's go on. Um we're gonna go on to topic seven here, and this is kind of what uh, drove us to make this video for you guys today: the modern Tetris scene. And you've probably heard by now, the world record was achieved by thirteen-year-old Blue Scooty. He goes by on. Uh, That's absurd. Earlier this year, did his like yeah, parents January just get him in, into the yes.
0: game, and he just like? became a prodigy over a child, years of... a
1: 13 year old prodigy. I think Willis, uh, some, I can't think of his last you We'd have to look that up. I, I actually will. So we get this right. But him, uh, I've seen him and uh, fractal was the other guy who was working on it. They were kind of had a race to who would be the first one to do it and get the kill screen. And, uh, yeah, let's
0: talk about the kill screen.
1: Pretty cool. Yeah,
0: there's a. So that is like, so that was like Willis
1: Gibson. U- Gibson. Sorry, by the way. Ultimately
0: considered like the end game. You know, if there's been a lot of speculation through the years if you can actually get to like an end game um, in Tetris. And from my understanding, um, like basically some computer programmers were able to make like a bot that could essentially yes play Randall. it forever.
1: Uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out before we move on to, Mm -hmm. um, I believe his name is A-Scout, A-Game Scout rather, sorry. He did a video on the world record and kind of a little bit of touching on kind of how the coding works. And it gets so unstable when you hit a certain level that you can actually crash the game. Right. Because it's just Basically the game just pauses,
0: I think, and then it's just... It's just frozen,
1: basically. Yeah, more detail in that video, and I'd encourage you to watch that for sure if you haven't yet. It's very entertaining um, online on YouTube.
0: But if I remember right, like, you know, this is pretty common for a lot of um, speedrunners and stuff where people will actually go into the code and they'll they'll basically look at the combi- combinations you need to hit to basically mm-hmm. glitch the game out, and that's essentially what they looked at. And they noticed that... At certain levels, if you got far enough, you can have these basic, um, these, like, combinations. I will call them, like,
1: crash triggers. Yeah, crash triggers, I guess, would be the one. Like, like if you get, like, a single on, like, level 155 in a certain way, it'll break the game. Right. And there's, like, various points, like, after that where you can get, like, say, a triple or something Mm -hmm. like that. But got to give these guys a lot of props to dedicate the time to the mastery of playing on level 29 speed for 40 50 minutes randall it's right. insane to me to it's a little bit
0: there. absurd man
1: yeah the concentration required I mean, and what the, if your the, nose, the nose itches
0: man what if you you, you got to
1: press through what if you got
0: to go to the bathroom really bad man i mean All you I just got to let press. it let
1: it go <laughs> <Jeez. Yeah. laughs> I mean, if you, you ever did... watched the, the South <laughs> I mean, Park, I'm joking, man, but <laughs> the South
0: Park episode. Oh, that was from just World disgusting. of Warcraft, yeah, dude. My just like shits in a garbage can. <laughs> it's Even worse, dude, because his mom brings it. She's down. like holding it for him. She's like getting backsplash on her oh, face. Oh, so dude. nasty! <laughs> it's so and bad. they're
1: they're they're eating like nothing but cheesy poofs <laughs> and Mountain Dew, dude. Yeah. It's like the unhealthiest diet. <laughs> it's kind of sad because there's people like that out there dude oh dude masks masses don't even get me started
0: on this dude you really want to go down the rabbit hole no not really. just go go to reddit (laughs) r slash neckbeard nest oh my god just
1: just like these (laughs) filthy like (laughs) dregs of the earth piss
0: bottles just lined up dude like how do you you
1: can't even go to the bathroom for like two minutes it's that bad dude are you kidding me
0: Oh, man. Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) These guys got problems, but...
0: uh... Well, the interesting thing, too, so they... (laughs) Blue Scooty did it on stream and actually missed the first crash trigger I believe.
1: He did actually. And he had to get through I think another couple of levels.
0: Like he powered through and then ended up getting the other, the the next
1: one to go, man. And it was very lucky. He needed like a last ditch L block in the perfect spot to the far left to get it. So it it, it just like and you could see like the video and with all due respect, I mean, I, I, I would too. He just, like, freaks out. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got to give the the kid a lot of props and Fractal. I mean, uh, they'll, they go into, like I said, a lot more detail in the video, but uh, a couple new techniques have emerged to allow players to even get past 29, which was thought to be the end of the game. You can't beat it. Like, it's like the kill screen, so to speak, but not in the traditional sense. But... Give them credit. The community out there is finding ways to just push the envelope and hyper tapping, I think, was the popular method for a while. I don't know too much about that. I am uh, by no means a world record challenger, (laughs) but I think the last hyper tapper that when rolling starting to get pop, which is the new method, which we'll get into a little bit here. I think the last Hyper Tapper got to 41, which was the last one to get the record. And then after that, it was all rollers. Yeah. All right. But it's crazy. If you look at these kids, they got, like, the controller upside down. They're almost, like, playing it like a keyboard. They're, like, diddling the bottom of the thing. Like, it's it's nuts, Randall, these kids. They got, like, the Michael Jackson glove on.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a bit absurd, man. <laughs> I
1: saw this kid had, like, several gloves like in in preparation for the tourney probably because they i imagine get sweaty and gross (laughs) with the pressure you know it's kind of interesting though you have to wear these gloves to like ease the pressure i don't think fractal even wears a glove though i think it's more
0: to prevent the friction and keep it like smooth across the buttons
1: yeah because i gotta imagine like when you're like really pushing your pb or like you know you're on the cusp of it i gotta believe your your heart's racing and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sweaty palms aplenty out there you know oh yeah i mean me and kyle even certain parts in in mario 64 like the, we we did like a co-op run getting all the stars in that one and then later sunshine and there's several moments in those games like Especially like those Super Mario style runs you got to do in Sunshine, where it's like, oh my god, I'm like so (laughs) high up, I don't want to fall off. (laughs) You get like sweaty palms almost, Randall. Especially the
0: clock level where you got to make the climb all the way to the top. You know, there's some tricky jumps. Oh, yeah, I was thinking
1: the rainbow level. Oh, the rainbow level. Oh, my god. Dude, Dude, getting all those stars was a
0: pain, dude. For sure. Some but, some um, of those jumps are a leap of faith if you're not in good practice, you know what I mean, especially on that that rainbow level <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh it's true yeah that that's definitely a- oh yeah, like you said the clock tick tock clock it was called was uh mm-hmm. pretty brutal at points for sure, but uh yeah, i mean i, I we were looking at videos and Gave some half-hearted attempts to trying this method, but obviously we haven't gotten that far with it yet. (laughs) Um, No, absolutely
0: not. And we both kind of quip that you essentially are trying to finger
1: fuck the controller. (laughs) 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 Essentially, yes. I mean, you're like, you're like, you're like, you're like, diddling it from the bottom, (laughs) diddling it. You're holding it like with this like mangled claw, like upside, <laughs> <laughs> like the controller is upside down. It's just like, like the
0: fucking Star Trek symbol <laughs> inverted, and you're like diddling <laughs> it from the bottom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. That's it's good it's shit. a sight to behold for sure. <laughs>
0: With the Michael Jackson on top, dude. You got the Michael Jackson glove
1: diddling it. Oh, man. But uh, the, these guys play, actually, I think Scooty in a post. Someone asked him on Twitch or something, and he remarked he plays four to five hours a day.
0: Well, that kid's definitely not going to college.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean dude. <laughs> that dedication, that's like um The parents, dude. Get your fucking homework done. He's just a I feel diddling, like that's not borderline O C D. That's just straight up OCD. Straight up fucking O C D, dude. But I mean I like give... medi the-
0: medication worthy O C D
1: possibly. <laughs> I don't want to judge him too much because I could never play like him, but <laughs> um I I gotta say, if you wanna be the best at like anything, you need that drive and you probably almost need that O C D and competitive fire in you to Mm -hmm. if you wanna be the world record holder because you're competing against like literally every other person in the world. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So it's whatever endeavor you you wanna seek and There was, like, this, um, and she got a lot of heat. You might have heard of this story, the news reporter. This got a lot of heat online from uh, fans of the game. Uh, She has the audacity. She's covering the news and and, and has to report the story, of course. And uh, she made a remark after the story. She's like, as a mother, I suggest you go outside and get some fresh air. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it sounded like, like, to me, like, I mean, I don't know anything about this woman. Yeah, yeah, arrogance of that. Condescending, comment, very condescending. I mean, this is like you have to respect the the drive and like uh, to to get a record in a game like this that's never been done in how long this game been out? Thirty five years now mm-hmm. for the Nintendo, and um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean as, as a person, but she got a lot of flack, like, people were saying, oh, yeah, you scroll in your phone, that's, that's really productive for the world, or whatever, you know, so, I mean, you you say what you want to about video games, they're time, you might say they're time wasters or whatnot, but, um, I mean, I just gotta, I just gotta say, like, I don't agree with her comment, and, uh, I give the crit, the kid all the credit in the world for oh, yeah. an accomplishment like this. I got to say, especially so young, yeah. man. That's in- 13. Yeah, yeah, to already be this good like he's kind of like a Bobby Fischer type for, mm-hmm. for chess if you want to make that comparison, right? Mm. So with that, we got one more topic here, and that's going to be on the future of the game. Here, uh, kind of touched upon in that video. Uh, we'll link in the description here. The a, it's uh, a game scout. Uh, the future of the game. There is one more milestone that can be achieved. It's only been really done on the stack rabbit that that guy made. I'm yeah, sorry, which is I've just been, like yeah. it's
0: just like the the. Computer based the, the like...
1: program that doesn't it's not affected by human limitations such as endurance or having to blink once in a while. <laughs>
0: you know. Hand cramp. Yeah, hand either. cramp.
1: Oh yeah, I can't imagine that's I think what stopped the hyper tappers because eventually your hand got so cramped you could like not literally not even move it. I think is what's led to the new development. Doesn't of, sound healthy. Yeah, and Rolling became the new thing from, I think it was developed by this guy who played uh, arcade games. I forget who kind of pioneered it. It might have been Cheese or Mm. something
0: like that. I'm Uh, not sure, man.
1: I'm I'm sorry. The name's not coming to me, but yeah. I encourage you to watch that video, but I want to go into the future of the game, which is getting to and past... The last level of the game, which is level 255, Randall. All red blocks. Doesn't the game restart? It it does. The game's so unstable at this point that you have to, like, push down on every block. And I think five of the seven blocks can cause a crash at at any time or something. I might be wrong on the uh, exact description there. But it's so unstable at that point that you have to do certain inputs Every time, like, press down on each piece. Jeez, man. To get it. And then, yeah, when you do it, it's called the rebirth screen. It goes all the way back, loops back to level zero, and just, like, the uh, slowest speed in the game. So it just restarts. So...
0: I don't even know if that's possible. Totally we'll looping see.
1: the game, yeah. And I think this one... I'm going to say nothing's impossible. I think, I think one of these guys, maybe Blue Scooty, you'll get it someday. Maybe Fractal. Maybe someone else. But, yeah, the, the, these guys have brought so much, so many new eyes to the game that someone out there is going to be like, hey, I can do that. And, you know, there's going to be another guy out there, you know. Um, I think someday someone will do it. Maybe not in our lifetime, but I'm saying it's not out of the question. But I do have to remark, Randall, here that I think it's like level 230. I might be wrong on the exact level. But it's eight hundred lines long. Eight <laughs> hundred. Yes. <laughs> it's like eighty levels in one to get to the next level. There's like some glitch in the code or something. Oh my god. So how is anybody gonna have like? You you probably gotta like train your fingers in a certain way to like build up the dexterity and like, I don't know, in the concentration required to to like, you well, know, sounds like to, I don't know to stay man. engaged for might... like maybe like. Would be two, two, three He's hours of playing. Hit like physical possibility
0: of like, like fingers before you really hurt yourself. It's it's
1: something. like the human limitation, you know. I mean, and the speed we can't overlook this. It's level twenty nine speed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, I got two. I don't know how people even <laughs> do that. <laughs> I've gotten two lines at that speed in my life. So, <laughs> all right, um, good spot to wrap it here, Randall. Did you have any final thoughts on Tetris here?
0: No, I just want to uh-huh. say I, I'm I'm probably going to play some more after this, man. Yeah,
1: I think we should hit it a little bit more. It's kind of gotten me back into the the yeah. game a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just kind of becoming, like, a fan of the scene in a way. Like, I, I like watching the videos online and just seeing, like, these feats, like— Recently saw a 19.5, which is like the B type we talked about, <laughs> which was previously thought, but I think a, f- a few people have been able to do that now, even, so that's wow. kind of nuts. So, all right. right. <laughs> well, this has been the Blast from the Past cast. This has been Rob. This is Randall. We'll see you next time.